the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about your life and your money. Thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. The phone number is 888-825-5225. The call is free, and some say the advice is worth exactly what you pay for it. Oliver starts off this hour in Canada. Hi, Oliver. How are you? Hello, Dave and Jade. It is an honor to speak with you both. Awesome. How are you today? You're how are you? Better than we deserve. How can we help? I am good. Uh, I have a question. It's kind of complicated, so I'll explain it as best as I can. Um, I'm going through the baby steps. I've been listening to you since 2017, and uh, I had made it to what I thought was baby steps four and six. I'm not sure if I'm actually really there um, because uh, me and my brother have a partnership business. It's a small business that we do together. And um, back in 2018, I foolishly took over um, some debt that he had created with a lot of business expenses, but it was on his own credit card, but still tied in with the business because um, he was trying to be approved for a mortgage. Uh, so in order to get that mortgage, I had to, well, I didn't have to, but um, basically he had to get rid of that debt out of his name, and I foolishly put it into my name. Um, I know that was a stupid thing to do, but that's what happened. And basically... I was while doing my while doing my budgeting since that time. I'm like, as far as the bank is concerned, that debt is in my name now. So that's my debt, even though I didn't create any of that debt. It was all my brother. So I'm just wondering on if I should go about the baby steps by. Sorry, I'm just a bit nervous. That's okay. Um, no, dude, dude, it's real simple. You're in debt. You're in baby step two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, it's a long, convoluted, crazy, stupid story how you got there, but, yeah. but you know, you're in debt. How much is yeah. it, Brandon? Um, it's about, let me see, there's about 19000 left. Okay. And how much is in your emergency fund? So I did have $14,000, um, which is another story. I, I had to take about 4600 just this past month in January to pay myself because I wasn't able to pay myself from the business. It's not the most profitable, which is another issue uh, that maybe I should talk with call again about or call, call Ken Coleman. Yeah. But um, there's about uh, 2,600 left in my emergency fund. 2,600. I thought you started with 14,000 and took out 4,600. How did you get to 2,600? Sorry. Let me check that. So, Unless you were doing more with that money, you should have around 10000 yeah. left, right? If you only took yeah, forty six. Right. So I'm just looking at my numbers here. Um, okay, so here's the deal. The business... I, I went into it a couple times. The business, based on the fact that your brother ran into debt, and they moved the debt over to you, and now you're having to use money out of your savings to eat from the business, it doesn't sound like this yeah. business is much fun. No, it's not. So let's go get a job. I'm doing a side hustle right now. It's not much, but... I, it needs to be a lot. Flexible. You need a job. Yeah. You need to, you I need know. money to eat with, and you don't have money to eat with. Well, I don't know how to do that, because it's 
Like me and my brother are the owners. I have employees. It's a small business. I have three employees. We've either got to get the income up from the business or we need to close it. It's not a business when it's losing money. It's a hobby. Well, that's the other issue. I'm trying to, you know, me and my brother don't agree with um, certain things on with finances and all of that. And he, he thinks credit cards are fine. I Even more reason. Not. Even more reason to close it. Have you ever watched the show Shark Tank? Yes. And Mr. Wonderful says you need to take this business out back and shoot it? Yeah. I've already spoken with my brother about, you know, I'm not enjoying the. I've told him very clearly I'm not liking how this partnership is going, mm-hmm. even though I care for him as my brother. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I've already told him, like, well, I you're not, gonna, you guys aren't making enough money to run the business. So it could be yeah, you just turn yeah. the keys over to him and let him have it, and then I, you go I've get your job. That. Do what? I've told him that I would just start my own business, you know, doing the, doing the same type of business of, of what I'm doing now, just make just be the sole owner. I've told him that that's an idea I'm, I'm thinking about. You know, to not have a partnership, just have me run my own business. Well, somewhere you've got to get money to eat, honey. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear and, you. And then we and then we can attack the nineteen thousand dollars in credit card debt that is now your credit card debt because you yeah. just, you decide to make it yours. So now it's yours. And right. um, so th- there's two issues on the table. One is how do we get out of your credit card debt of nineteen thousand? And the answer is first thing we do stabilize our income and get some income. And then the second thing is we're going to start the baby steps, which is a thousand dollars left in your account because everything else went to the 19,000. The credit cards are cut up and closed. And then you attack them with a vengeance with your extra job, your six extra jobs and you, your side hustle and grind. And then you clean that mess up and you move on. But what all of this is doing, um, sadly, Oliver, is it's going to make you face what you didn't want to admit. So my friend Henry Cloud wrote a book called Necessary Endings. When is it necessary to end a job, a business, a relationship? It's when there's no hope in the future in your mind that it's going to get better. And so, uh, you know, my boyfriend's does drugs. Okay, there's no hope that that's going to get better is when you ax the drug-using boyfriend. Gone right? If not sooner, but, uh, <laughs> Absolutely. But, I, but yeah, but I mean, same thing with business. When do, when do I close down a product line at Ramsey? It's when I lose hope that we can ever make it work. Right. Until then I'll, I'll, I'll go at it, you know, but winners never quit. Yes, they do. They quit doing stupid stuff. And yet another time when the facts are your friends, because you can look at the bottom line, you can look at the facts over the course of the time of this business and see, Hey, like it's not making money and it's not good for our relationship. I have a feeling Brandon, I think he loves the people that work there and he wants them to be all right. And you know, but still too late. It's too late. Too late. You've lost control of your ability to provide for them uh, because your brother's out of control. The business is not working. You're not making a living. All of these things are indicating, indicating, indicating this is probably coming to an end unless you have a reason to have hope about the future. But everything you've told me doesn't give me much hope for the business in the future, in the current state that it's in and the way it's being run and everything else. So if you say, okay, these three things change, then I would have hope. Okay, then you could submit those three things to be changed um, or the change is going to be I'm out of here. (laughs) <laughs> that would be my choice. <sighs> Just being honest. Yeah. Pretty pretty <laughs> quick. Pretty quick. 
Only ship that won't sail, folks, is a partnership. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make healthcare more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Jade Washaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. Thank you for joining us, America. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Today's question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When something in your home breaks, Neighborly is the name to remember. You know it by names like Mr. Rooter or Molly Maid or Mr. Electric and many, many other wonderful names. And the Neighborly Done Right promise, with that, you'll know you're getting great service from their network of local home service providers. It's an incredible company. We are honored to have them sponsoring our question of the day. So go to neighborly.com today. Today's question of the day comes from Andrew in Wisconsin. He says, I'm in my mid-50s with two kids. I've done relatively well in life, but have had some problems in life like cancer. I recovered thankfully, but it does run in my family. So I'm worried about how long I'll live. And I wrote a will last year. I have a son and daughter in their 20s. One is doing well, the other not so much. My youngest daughter has struggled with addiction to opiates and has gone to rehab several times. Although she has been sober now for several months, I'm well aware of the idea that once an addict, always an addict. How should I set up my will so that I keep my daughter safe when I pass? My friend suggested that I request uh, it gets paid in annuity as opposed to a lump sum. I'm looking for your advice on this. That's a really, really good question. Well, I'm glad that you're doing well from the cancer. Um, You know, I would suggest, I think it's a great thing that you have a will, but I would suggest also uh, getting a trust in place. And I'm telling you that because it's going to allow you to uh, determine how this money is distributed and all the different terms around it. Uh, My husband and I are actually walking through that with our trust and with our kids. Um, A will is a great place to start. But if you if you have those things that you want to delineate with your children, you're going to have to take it a step further um, and get a trust. And so that's what I would suggest to you. um, And. Just put in there whatever you want it. Dave, I know you've got a whole lot of stipulations on how these things work out, especially when it comes to, to addicts. You know, you got to you got to be careful there. Yeah, your your friend is wrong. An annuity won't work. That will be a steady stream of payments to buy opiates with. The annuity doesn't turn on or off based on her addiction. Right. And so um, you can um, you can set a trustee on a trust and the trust could be formed at your death at the direction of the will. You don't have to put it in place now. And her portion, your, your son's portion could be just released to him. Mm-hmm. Her portion could be left into trust. And, um, you know, I, I would release amounts of money based on uh, years or months of sobriety. Because what we're trying to do here is not finance her addiction. And, um, and, and not jar her and knock her out of the saddle of sobriety. 
So, I mean, let's just pretend, okay, let's just throw out a a number that to her is big, Mm -hmm. whatever that number is, could knock her out of the saddle because she has this sense that now she has a new source of, Mm -hmm. uh, of, uh, of provision for her whole life. And so she relaxes a little bit in the, in the fight to stay sober. That's good. And so, um, uh, if if she perceives a hundred thousand dollars to be a lot of money, it's not in -hmm. these situations, but if she perceives that it could knock her out of the saddle. So I would personally leave it into a trust and get with an estate planning attorney and, um, have the trustee, uh, monitor her sobriety. And, uh, if she's attending AA, for instance, uh, you would get a coin at various milestones. And based on those milestones, you could release money, uh, at, at the one year, you know, she's already uh, been sober for a while. It sounds like that's good. Several months. Um, and, but I mean, at a one year mark, a two year mark, a five year mark, um, or you could increase it or you could release it all at a certain mark. Mm-hmm. If someone's been sober for five or 10 years, you know, they've done, especially from opiates that they, you know, I'm not an addiction expert, but sadly we work with a lot of addicts. Uh-huh. So we've learned a lot because a hundred percent of addicts have money problems. <laughs> Stuff's expensive. And so, um, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, we get to learn a lot about it sadly. And, um, as a layman, not as a medical professional, but anyway, all that to say opiates, if she can stay dry five years, She's probably dry for life. Yeah. And um, he's in his mid fifties. You're you're gonna, God willing, be able to watch this yeah, throughout you, the you next could, ten years and make those adjustments. It, you could just do away with the trust at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if in other words, if it, let's say you live ten years and she's dry for ten years, mm-hmm. you could say, All right, I don't need the trust and redo your will. Yeah. Yeah. But um but in in the meantime, uh, if you're going to do it today, I would just say, Okay, give some milestones and you could work with her counselor. You could have the counselor report to the trustee uh, and they have to have the, she has to sign the right to do that in order to get money because counselor cannot report her information legally mm-hmm. without her permission. Mm-hmm. But she could say, okay, in order to get, you know, funds released, the, the counselor has to, the sponsor from AA has to whatever it is. And then the trustee, whoever that's, I would not make your son the trustee. I don't want him to be his, his sister's keeper. That's a good point. I want him to just be able to love her as and support her as her brother not the keeper of her money and you should have these discussions with both of them yeah talk about it yeah talk about it that's a really good point anytime you're dealing with adults and a will of any kind yeah just say look if you're going to piss people off do it while you're alive okay tell them you're not in the will you're not in the will okay yeah it's not fair for everybody else to have to deal with your actions after you're gone and everybody else is emotional about it so you need to have a reading of the will or essentially that where everybody knows what's going on here and you know and it's real easy with her i'm just going to say i love you so much that i'm not going to finance a potential relapse absolutely and so i'm going to dole this out based on sobriety because as an act of love not as an act of punishment for your addiction and talk to her about that while you're alive because trust can't convey the emotion of a dad right it's loving his daughter well right and so that this is an excellent time to do that. So it that's a good, really good point, Jade. And just a reminder, everybody needs a will. Yep. Right. Yep. Everybody needs a will. Everybody doesn't need a trust, but there are times when um, it's the best choice for you. Yeah. And the only time you're going to have ongoing trusts, um, 
typically are special needs child Mm -hmm. is going to be ongoing throughout their life. Uh, a situation like this is going to be ongoing, but it's probably not forever. It's not perpetual. Right. Uh, the on- and the only other ongoing trust are where there's like large, uh, large estate, where you're trying to manage the estate out of mm-hmm. the trust, not just, um, not just keep from harming someone that you're leaving behind. Right. Like your children, if you've got uh, minor children and none of them are special needs, you you might just have a trust that until they're a certain age, and then right. it, then yep. it evaporates and the money's dis- distributed to them. And that would be normal as well. So uh, fun stuff, fun stuff. Yeah, go, go to mamabearlegalforms.com if you don't have your will in place. And they can help you with basic trusts as well. Mm-hmm. If you need a complicated thing, like this one's a little complicated. I'd probably see an estate planning attorney. It's worth a few hundred dollars to uh, more to, to get this done right and to have someone that teaches you and consults with you about what the law allows in your state on um, managing that distribution. But the annuity is not the answer. Arnold is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, and Arnold, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Did we get your phone fixed, brother? Yes, sir. How you doing, Mr. Ramsey? Better <laughs> than I deserve. That is so much better. Thank it you, is. sir. How can I help? Uh, just, uh, well, I've been, uh, I've been following your show for about a year now and finally decided to start doing things uh, the way you teach. And, well, I got a little bit of a question. I'm about to start this uh, that snowball. And I want to know if it's a little different in my case. Uh, so I have a motorcycle loan that my ex-girlfriend took out for me. Um, I crashed the motorcycle and I injured myself pretty badly. After a couple of months of litigation, I got a settlement. That's just enough to cover the loan, about $15,000. Um, so what I'm wondering is, do I dump that into this, that snowball or do I pay off? Do I pay her off so that she can, uh, you know, be out of my life for good and I can be out of hers? You pay her off. I pair up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the right, it's the right thing to do. You need to. It's not fair to her. Yeah, this whole move, this whole move was dumb on her part, your part, and because and you can tell yeah. why now because it's left you in a lurch emotionally and relationally, and so and this money was for the motorcycle, from the motorcycle, about the motorcycle. Yeah. So you just pay her off, and that clears it. So it's not it's not a random piece of money. Right. Yeah, I would do the same thing. Get her out of your life if. You, you use those words, get her out of my life. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> I, and my guess is she feels the same way. Yeah. This is The Ramsey Show. Thank you for joining us, America. This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us. Doyle is up next in Cincinnati. Hi, Doyle. How are you? Fine. How are you? Better than we deserve. What's up, sir? I've got a long-term care policy I've had for 20 years. I got it when I was 55, and it's just gone up 40% in one year from 2,900 to 4,100. And I'm just wondering whether I should keep this or just not continue with it any longer. How much money do you have? Well, I, I have enough money to to pay the 4,000. No, that wasn't what I asked. I asked how much money you have. Uh well, I have an income. I'm retired of about seventy. Well, by eighty-five with interest on the. Okay. Do you my, have any nest egg? Uh, yeah, I have about a half a million nest egg. Okay. Are you married? No, I'm single. Okay. Um, so, if you burn through the half a million to take care of you in a nursing home, just your inheritance is harmed. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. The average nursing yeah, home stay. Is, the average nursing home stay is two point four years. 
Okay. And the average cost is eighty to a hundred thousand dollars per year. Okay, so we're talking about a quarter million dollars is your typical burn on this, and you've got a half a million dollars. Correct. That's the average. Averages come from some are shorter, some are longer, right? Right. So that's your analysis. Do you want to self-insure through this or pay four? Th- is it $4,100 a year? That's what you're saying, right? Right, yeah. It's going from 2900 to 4100 And it covers you for, what, four or five years? Uh, well, it's unlimited, 341 a day, daily benefit, 2% inflation factor. Okay. Uh, and I've paid in about 50000 which I could use for you know, probably a few months coverage if I discontinue it. Mm-hmm. Who's the, uh, who gets the half million if you die? Uh, no, not if you die, my, when you die. Yeah. Uh, my family. Who's your family? Kids? Uh, no, just a brother okay. and nephews. Okay. Well, basically you are uh, 4,100 is probably not a bad trade for a 75 year old for $80,000 a year, $100,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Probably not a bad trade, mathematically. You agree? Yes. Yeah, I'm just. Yeah. It's a lot. And I hate that yeah, they went way up on you. But basically, what you're buying is a quarter million dollars worth of coverage on average for $4,100 a year at 75 years old, the likelihood you use this. Now, you mm-hmm. may stay two months, and it's a losing proposition. You might die in a car wreck. And it's a losing proposition. You might stay six years and make money on them. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, we don't know. That's how this stuff works, right? So do you, right. you know, it, it, all insurance is a bit of a an educated bet mm-hmm. if, you're, if you're smart about it. And what we're betting is 4,100 against the probability of an average of 250,000. Yeah, it feel for me, listening to this, it feels risky to let the coverage go and follow the stat of the 2.5 years. Because if he's in there longer and he runs out of money, yeah, he's up a creek without a paddle. Yeah. Well, and I, I it just, but I, you know, I guess if, if you're going to leave it to your brother, you might as well use it yourself. You can, it's how you want to look at it. It's what, what do you want? How, how concerned are you about that half million dollars surviving you? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. That's true. Um, And, and so, you know, do you want to burn through it? I'm, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to pay for it myself and self-insure. Here's the other thing, Doyle, you may want to investigate as a part of this decision. Either one's okay with me, but that's your trade-off is 4,100 for a probability or a possibility of an average of a quarter million. That's your trade-off. And, you know, that sounds like a good trade when you say it that way. Yeah. Now, the other thing is this, though. If you were to do – let's say, okay, I'm going to allocate – I'm going to uh, designate someone to take care of my money if I'm incapacitated, and I'm going to designate them to hire and provide me with 24-hour-a-day in-home care and hire a full-time nurse. Now that. And you probably can do that cheaper than a nursing home, and you might enjoy it more. Well, maybe gonna, I would think so. You're in you're in well, your own home. Depends. I mean, you know, you're by yourself too. But that's I mean, true. but but. Uh, so that's, you know, like in my case, I'm more than able to self-insure. I'm 63. Mm-hmm. I do not have long-term care insurance. I've got 
but you a can substantial pay. net worth and if something happens and i'm homebound sharon i was going to hire somebody full-time we've yeah. already got that arranged i'll hire somebody full-time something happens to her because mm-hmm. uh, we're just going to do it and because we want to be there yeah. in that case and so uh i mean you you can buy a hospital bed you can hire a full-time nurse an rn i mean it just it's not that expensive it's, it's not as expensive and b- make your own food and that kind of stuff oh yeah so that that's the that's the provision you're not having to provide shelter because you've already got the shelter and yeah. that that's the issue so that that's always an option for especially if you're choosing to self-insure yeah i would look into it uh i moved here from south florida and south florida is like the retirement capital of the world and that's what everybody did everybody would hire a live-in nurse and have 24-hour care really? that was yes that is far more um popular than going to a nursing home or going to a facility yeah. is you have somebody move in with you and take 24-hour care of you yeah. uh, you, you do need to don't don't cheap out don't go eight hour care 24 hours well yeah I mean, make sure you're taking care yep. of right don't cheap because you're you're saving money anyway so don't cheap out yeah yeah uh and you got this great income from the pensions of eighty five thousand yeah. dollars a year yeah. so he's got some options i'm gonna be real tempted to self-insure um partly because i'm kind of with you doyle it pisses me off they went up that much <laughs> but it probably is based in math. I mean, it's probably based in 75-year-old higher probability, right? That's true. That's so true. That, that's yeah. how they're getting there. Chris is in Wilmington, North Carolina. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Better than we deserve. What's up? <laughs> hey, so I'm a, a recent graduate uh, of college, um, and now I just got a full-time job, and I'm working. Good. Great. Um, and I'm really looking looking forward uh, to stopping to have to pay uh, rental income or pay rent um, because, you know, it's just money down the drain, uh, never getting back. Uh, so I'm really looking for a plan or something to do uh, to set myself up so I can hopefully get out of the situation in the near future, um, near future as in five years, um, to um, be able to buy a home. Do you have a job? Yes, I do. I have a full-time job. Um, what are you uh, earning during the week? Fifty-five uh, k. Okay, is this your long? Is this what you want to be doing long term, or is just kind of a transitional deal? Yeah, so this is this is my career job. Um, it's and my field I went to school for. Cool. Um, and then I also have um, part time ten ninety nine income that I do. Okay. On the weekends uh, from March to November, um, as a baseball umpire. Um, okay. Pretty steady. Um, and is that on top of the fifty-five k, or is that included? Correct. No, that's uh, on top. So you got any debt, Chris? You got any debt? Any debt? I have student loan debt. Student loan debt. How much? Um, about twenty k. Okay, your your first goal is roll up your sleeves and get rid of that as fast as you possibly can, and then you build an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. By the way, I want that done by Christmas. Once you're debt free by Christmas, you're fifty five. You're single. Mm-hmm. You got nothing to do with that money but party or get out of debt. So get out of debt. Yes, it's all you got. That's your two choices. Yep. Okay, get out of debt. That's your only job. Get rid of Sally May. Evict the old woman. She's ugly. You don't want her in the spare bedroom. Mm-hmm. And if don't you have, do it, if you have car debt, because I'm just you didn't say it, but if you have a car debt, pay that off too, because that counts. Hundred percent debt free. Then build your emergency fund of three to six months of expenses. Then save you a good down payment. As 20% is best because you avoid PMI, private mortgage insurance, when you put 20% down on a conventional loan. That's your best bet. You can do all of that by the time you're 25 in your situation. Everything you're wanting to do there is very, very possible, but do it in that order, and that's the fastest way. 
This is The Ramsey Show. Jade Warshaw, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today as we answer your questions about life and money. Brett is with us in Provo, Utah. Hi, Brett. Welcome to The Ramsey Show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Sure. What's up? Uh, So me and my family, we have been renting for the last year while paying off student loans. Uh, We paid off 115,000 of student loans. Way to go. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Yeah. So we're at a point now where we're looking uh, to save up for a down payment on a house. Um, And the house we would be looking to buy, it would take us about three years to, to get a down payment that house um but we're wondering if maybe it might just be smarter to wait another three years so a total of six years to pay for a house in cash how much of a down payment are you doing in three years 50 percent yeah it's pretty much close to that yeah houses are pretty how did you determine 50 percent as a down payment uh just for the house we were looking at for no like i'm saying hundred thousand and you, you said you can do 50% of right. the house price in three years. Right. Yes. 400000 Uh three. Uh, yeah, I guess three fifty is what I was looking at. Yeah. Huh? Okay. And what do you make? Uh, 260 Way to go. Good for you. How old are you guys? Uh, I'm 32 and my wife is 29. Okay. Well, this is one of the, uh, maybe the only answer that I ever give here on the air that is um, not what I would do, but what is okay to do. Okay. What I do, the way I live my life for the last 30 plus years now, since I went broke is I don't borrow money Mm -hmm. period for anything ever. And so I have to figure out a way to cash flow it because there is nothing that I want badly enough or that I'm scared enough of to go in debt for it. I have been there, done that. I didn't like the T-shirt. I'm not doing it anymore, okay? Uh, I truly do believe that the Bible is telling the truth, that the borrower is slave to the lender, and I truly don't borrow money. And I do believe that that is the shortest path to wealth, by the way, okay? Yes. The the starting few years is rough, Um, but the, the ending years are amazing. (laughs) So, uh, 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 now having said all of that, then it's the only advice we give here on the air that I don't personally follow. And that is if you take out a mortgage with a good, strong down payment, 50% is more than a good, strong, a good, strong down payment would be 10 or 15 or something like that. 20 would avoid PMI. That's good. And your payment on a 15 year fix is no more than a fourth of your take home pay. If you did that in your case, you could then pay that house off within six years. Right. Right. And if you could pay yeah, cash for it in six years, you could pay it off in six years. And obviously anyone who pays their home off in six years is way weird compared to the culture. <laughs> so you're, you're weird no matter where we are on this spectrum Yeah, and you're, and you're yeah, heading yeah. in the, in the, you, you know, your, your face is under the column of smart people, no matter what we do on this spectrum. That's right. So either one of those is fine. So it's just a matter of. So some any- would call me a legalist. Some would call me a purist. 
uh, someone just call me not a hypocrite, but um, <laughs> but that that I don't borrow. So you can do either by Ramsey guidelines anywhere in between those two things, and be there. So you could put down fifty percent, you could put down eighty percent, you could put down twenty percent on a fifteen year fix where the payment's no more than a fourth year take home pay, and it wouldn't be in this case. And then turn and pay it off as fast as you can. All of that is within our guidelines because we know that that's going to lead you to wealth. Brett, how old are you? I'm 32. Way 32. to go, man. Way to go. Amazing. What do you do for a living? So I'm a nurse anesthetist. Ah, good. Very good. You're killing it, man. So, yeah. And, so proud and that of was you. where I was kind of having the, the question between the two, just because is, it, is there any measure on if it's harder for kids to move when they're older? That was kind of what we were going between two. I mean, I wouldn't want to wait. I wouldn't want to move in high school if that's what you're asking. I think that yeah, kids yeah, are yeah. very resilient. I think that by the time they, you know, once they put down roots, if you get into those high school years, it can be a little bit tough. But mm-hmm. I mean, you can recover from anything. But yeah, when they're how you have you've got kids now? How? So the oldest is seven. So uh-huh. seven, five, and three. Seven. They're all so right. She would be thirteen. You know, if we waited the full six years to to pay. Well, for and that's also assuming you get absolutely no increases in income. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. True good point which is weird because when i start saving towards something that i want really bad what i'll do is work my butt off Mm -hmm. yeah and my income goes up and you know i'm able to just attack it and so my guess is that it won't take you as long as the math on a straight line without any increases in pay says okay that you should have because your intensity will go up and your income will probably go up both Mm -hmm. during this time so it'll probably be four or five years but same thing's true of paying the house off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you bought it and we're living in it. So uh, we're not going to yell at you for either one. Um, okay. uh, uh, I just love the options that you're looking at. I, yeah, I, I all, love that all, you're calling in here talking about 50% down or 100% down. That's a wonderful quandary to be in. You've yeah, got options. You've got your head in the right place. That's for sure. Yeah. And so, again, I truly do believe these principles and so i truly believe that if i live them i'm going to be the safest in the event of a pandemic i'm sitting in a building that's worth i don't know what's this thing worth now three or four hundred <laughs> three or four hundred million dollars and it's, pay, and it's paid for and yep. it's paid for and so nobody i didn't have to worry during the pandemic that we couldn't make the payments here yeah okay that allows this bald head to lay on a pillow and sleep you know, it just is a different world. Joe's in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, Dave. Hey, hey Jay. How are you? Uh, oh, great. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, a question is, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I own a business. My, my father just passed away, so we're still navigating the situation. I'm sorry. How long uh, ago did he pass? Uh, New Year's. Mm. Sorry to hear that. And oh, thank you. And it's it's trying to get everything together, and I can't slow down. I'm you know got my foot to the pedal, trying to get this business in the right direction still, and recouping from losing him mm-hmm. is a vital part of it. But my main question is, is well, we do have debt for the company. Um, I've been personally working on the baby steps for over a year now. I'm like on baby step three because uh, I got to attack my daughter's college because I neglected that for so long. Um, so now I'm I'm torn between do I focus on the business debt or focus on my debt? 
you signed for the business debt. It's all your debt. Legally, it's all personal debt. How much is it? Six hundred five. Six hundred and five thousand. Yes. Okay. What's the business making? What's your income? Uh, about five point five. Five point five million dollars top line. Yes. What are you netting? Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you that off the top of my head. Okay, that's your next new job when you get off the phone is learn your numbers to run your business. Okay, you need to know what your numbers are. As an entree leader, I'm going to say small business to small business. You don't stay open if you don't learn your numbers and stay on them. You need to know what you're making all the time. That needs to be like top of mind. And it's not because you're money obsessed. It's because money's the scorecard that tells you the health of your business. It tells you whether you've got a disease inside there or not. Okay, so you got to figure that out. What did you pay taxes on last year? What was your income tax filing on? How much money? I think it was like right at four point eight. Your personal income tax. Oh, personal, personal. I'm sorry, I was thinking about business. Um, one hundred. Okay, your business did not make four point eight million, and you only personally made a hundred. Something's wrong with your equation. If you're making a profit of a million dollars a year. Just pay them both off and shut up. Okay? If you're making a profit of $100,000 a year, then you need to prioritize your debts at home and get rid of the small ones first, and then we'll work on the 605. And that's the way it is. But you need to figure out what money you got to work with. You can't even tell us. That puts this hour of the Ramsey Show in the books. What's up, guys? It's Jade. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.